I'm Lieutenant Joe Pangaro. I've been a cop for 27 years. I like to say I got a backstage pass to life. Well, guess what? I got some tickets for you. So come on in, pull up a chair, turn up that volume, and let's go. Chasing Justice is on. The world is on fire, and there's enough fuel out there that we can see a conflagration we haven't seen in a couple of generations. We can see the rise of terrorism and the danger that it poses to everyone of freedom, of liberty, to anybody across this globe. We know recently the FBI director, the United States FBI director came out and he said that everybody in America should be aware that the level of danger and threat has increased, that the potential for lone wolf attacks or organized attacks uh, by all kinds of different groups can take place at any time. We suffered through 9-11 and we saw what that did to our country and to the world. And then we saw the response. Well, the response was powerful as it has to be. Uh, recently on another program, I talked about the, uh, the concepts of justice and what justice is and the ability to be upset with something going on. And how do you deal with that? Well, you can make your voice heard. You can protest. You can write letters. You can show up. You can do all kinds of things. But attacking innocent people, anytime you attack innocent people purposely, purposely, that is wrong. And what happened recently to our ally, Israel, and the people there is wrong. There are no two sides to this particular argument. The people of Hamas are a terrorist organization designated by the United States government and other governments. The people who live in the Gaza Strip and the West Bank, individual people, they may not be fully for all of this kind of stuff going on. When we talked about this recently that, you know, if we go back to the days of Germany, while the Nazis were evil and did what they did, not every German was on board with that. And it's very hard to protest sometimes that you're not on board because then you receive the same pain as the people they're attacking. And I think that's probably somewhat to some people in those areas uh, over in Israel, that's probably true. Other than that, we don't see this, this out, outpouring of people there saying this is wrong. We shouldn't be doing this. We shouldn't have attacked civilians. And then we see across the globe, we see these people who are sympathizing with not just the plight of people. That's one thing to say, listen, I, I hope it would be better. Hope we could work something out better for them. Hope they could have a better life, whatever. But to sympathize with the attacks that took place on civilians in Israel is unacceptable. And it cannot be condoned. It cannot be applauded. It is a horror to all of mankind. So what I want to do today is I have a friend of mine and a business associate uh, from Israel, from Tel Aviv, uh, Mr. Dotan Saji. And Dotan is with us today. I've asked him to come in. He's been on the show before. But my immediate um, reaction on the 7th when I saw this attack taking place was, geez, what about Dotan and his family? They're right there in the middle of this. And, and the last time we talked, 
Uh, I had him on the program. He sent me videos. And apparently there's benches and stuff set up all over the Israeli cities that when these rockets go off, you got 10 seconds to get under a bench because shrapnel could come down and kill you. To live like that is inappropriate. And to be under attack is inappropriate. And, and I could go on and on about this, but let me let me bring Dotan in here because I think it's important that you hear his voice and get his thoughts about what's going on there. So Dotan, thank you for coming on. Thank you very much for having me, Joseph. It's always a pleasure. Well, I, I guess the first place for us to start here is, uh, let's start on October 7th. You know, the day dawns on October 7th. It's a regular day. Um, Israel was not intent on hurting anyone. Israel was not attacking anyone. You were all going about your business, living your lives. And that changed early in the morning. What what can you tell us about that moment? How did you hear about it? Give okay. us that insight. So, first of all, the 7th was the last day of a seven-day holiday in Israel. It's called Sukkot, and it was, uh, was a Saturday, and, you know... Uh, it started at 6.30 in the morning. I first understood that something is happening when my wife woke me up uh, and said, uh, I think there was a siren, but it was so out of context that we it had already got finished, so we weren't sure if they had been or hadn't been. Uh, we turned on the TV, and on the screen, you could see these orange circles, which say which cities are under uh, attack now by rockets or missiles, and so on and so forth. And I'm looking at the screen, you know, you've just woken up, and I'm seeing this screen, it's this list is long, and it's just getting bigger. This is, isn't just one of those skirmishes where a rocket or two is fired over. And uh, you know, I told my wife, okay, so we may have this again in a few seconds. Let's start waking up and getting ready. We have two sons in the house. I don't know if you know that, but waking up a teenager isn't the most uh, easiest of uh, things. Um, and in the area where I live, you have 90 seconds to get to the shelter. So I'm quite calm because 90 seconds is a lot of time. People don't understand that, but 90 seconds is a lifetime of things that you can think about and do, and we can discuss that later. But that's when we start understanding as time goes by that this is not the normal barrage. And about in 45 minutes afterwards, we could see on the TV and also from friends that we have in the south of Israel and family members that this is not this is something much bigger, that there is a full attack. And as the day goes by, the horrific stories start coming in. Um, and we start going into business continuity and crisis mode, even on the personal level. Uh, you think about the family, you think about the work, you think about your employees, where they are, what they're doing. It's a holiday. Maybe they're out, you know, camping, having a party. Two, three hundred people were murdered at a party, at a rave. Uh, and we'll talk maybe about that later. So it takes time. I think I fully understood that this is much, much bigger around one o'clock. And then I started operating in, uh, you know, in business continuity mode. So uh, some of the things, so for people who were, who were listening and not really understanding what the daily life is like there, when you say you have 90 seconds, when you hear a siren, um, what, what does that mean when you hear a siren? What's the, what's the situation? Well, I hear a siren. What's that mean? I hear it here. It sounds like a fire engine's coming up the street because there's a, maybe a fire alarm or a fire somewhere. When you hear an alarm, what does that mean? 
So first of all, I hope that during this podcast, we don't hear that siren, because if it does, it means I have 90 seconds to get out of this and go to a shelter. So what does it mean? Uh, the state of Israel in every city, in every place has these sirens and our system is able to, and it's built on regional, you know, every city, depending on the size of the city will have its own sirens. My city has three areas, it's designated. And when a rocket is fired from Gaza or from the north, we have rockets flying in now from Lebanon, from Hezbollah as well, and Hamas from there. Um, the IDF has a system that identifies where this rocket is projected to fly to. So first of all, our Iron Dome takes care of those that are designated to land in populated places. But in that populated place, because nothing is 100%, sirens will start. And the siren is, you know, if you've ever seen a war movie, it's that up and down sound. Uh, everyone has an application. Uh, it's called Color Red. Uh, that's the name of the siren as well. And uh, it identifies where you are. So you will get it on your telephone and you can hear it from the sirens that are sit situated all over the city. There's no place in the city where I can miss that siren unless I'm really asleep, you know, early morning. And the moment you hear that, you know that you have to go to a shelter. In the state of Israel, there are shelters everywhere. In many houses, the shelter already exists. All you have to do is get up and walk into another room, lock the door, um, and, uh, and protect yourself. Where I live, the shelter is at the in the first floor of the apartment. So uh, we all go down. It's a nice place to meet your neighbors, by the way. You find yourself standing at 2 a.m. in pajamas with all your neighbors, locking the door and uh, and uh, waiting. Now, when an alarm sounds, you will hear these huge booms everywhere. So even if you have an alarm in Tel Aviv and a rocket was fired in another city, an Iron Dome will take care of it. You can hear that. Half of Israel would hear those huge boom, boom, boom of that exploding. And then you have, once there's a, a, you're in the shelter, you don't leave the shelter for 10 minutes. Reason being that a lot of shrapnel from these rockets lands a few minutes afterwards and can flow with the wind. And people are, in many cases, impatient and don't wait for the full 10 minutes. We Israelis, you know, we're a little, we run outside uh, to look and to see and to help others. Uh, but that's if you're in the shelter. Last week, I was driving in Tel Aviv, and it happened while I was in my car. So you have those 90 seconds. You stop the car on the side of the road. You get out of the car. You lie down. There's a place. You look for a place where you can lie down. You look where you can help people, elderly people. You know, there's a woman running with a baby. Um, and then you just lie down and wait for the 10 minutes and hope that nothing happens on your head in that time. And everyone gets up and they continue with their day. In Tel Aviv today, this happens two or three times. But I'm ashamed to say that, Joseph, because I feel, you know, I have this guilty conscience. It's 90 seconds. There are people in Israel who live in places where it's less than 10 seconds. Um, and that's that's tough. That's tough. So, so let me let me see if I can flesh this out a little bit. Now, you, you mentioned the Iron Dome. This is a, a missile defense system that you have in place that basically tracks incoming missiles. And then it fires a missile of its own, which basically intercepts it and explodes it. So yes. when the alarm goes off and gives you 90 seconds, is that 90 seconds from anticipated impact of an incoming weapon? Or is that 90 seconds after the dome has taken out the weapon and the shrapnel's coming? 90 seconds uh, from the alarm. 
that if it somehow manages to manages sorry to infiltrate the iron dome and it lands and they do iron dome has an x amount of percentage some do get through they hit a house they hit a street people die uh so the moment the alarm sounds that means there's a rocket on its way and you have 90 seconds to get to the shelter the iron day may intercept it in 10 15 20 30 seconds but you have 90 seconds to get there because if it doesn't intercept it you're going to get hit or your area is going to get hit now i i find I find this, uh, since I've known you when we've spoken about this and you actually sent me the videos, it is something that I think the average American really has no concept of what it's like to live under that kind of of, uh, of situation. I mean, you are a, a democracy in the middle of places that are not democracies, and you seem to take this all in stride. I mean, okay, so we wait our 10 minutes and then we go about our business. You're being rocket attacked by enemies who want to wipe you out and everyone seems to to be combat. We don't understand that in America. The most the closest thing I could could think of the other day when I was I was doing a little uh, re- show about this kind of thing is for Americans to understand this. Imagine if Mexico, who has a a claim on Texas and California, decided that you know what? Um we can't invade America, but we're going to start lobbing rockets over the border into southern Texas and into California on a regular basis. What would be the response of America? Would we, okay, everyone just duck underneath the table and we go on with our life? No, it would be an overwhelming response to that. We would put an end to that. And it would be so unusual for us that I do, I got to say the, the bravery of the Israeli people and the way you you deal with this, I, I guess it's because it's every day of your lives. Is is What's that like to raise children in that Dotan and in that experience? It is not easy, Joseph. I'll say that. It's not easy. And maybe our strength and resilience is a weakness because it allows us to allow them to fire these rockets and not respond and take them out or destroy or whatever word you would use for this. Um, It is not easy. I'll give you an example. A few years ago when my children were younger, I was driving in the street and a rocket was fired. Now you stop in the street and I take my two children out um, and we have to lie on the ground. But the question that's running through those 90 seconds is, if I can't get to a shelter and we have to lie on the ground, who do I lie on? I have two children. I can't lie over both of them. What do I do now? You know, and those nine, when I say 90 seconds, 90 seconds are a long time. It is not easy. People are traumatized. People are hurt. Uh, and that's only from the rockets. Now let's get to the attack that happened two weeks ago. That takes it to a whole different level. Uh, one that has proved that as resilient as we are, this is it. This is the red line which we can never, ever go back. I want people to understand that what happened on the 7th of October, that day, is the equivalent of 45,000 American people being killed in one day. You know? I was there in September 11. I used to work for a lot of Israeli airlines. It was close to my heart. Think now what the American nation would do or the USA would do if 45,000 Americans were killed in one day in a terror attack. Women raped, children beheaded, burnt, fetuses taken out of the stomach. I'm sorry that I'm saying this on this recording, but it has to be said. 
there is a red line that uh, uh, resilient as we are, we will not be able to let things continue as they were. Um, living in Israel is, is tough, but this is our land. This is where we belong. And you know, I was on a, I was uh, interviewed a few days ago and someone asked me, is Israel a safe place? And I said, yes, Israel is a safe place. For those of you who haven't been here, it's also a beautiful place. You should get on a plane one day and come visit us after we finish with this. It's a beautiful place with beautiful people that even though we have our political differences have united now, you know, to, to be together. Um, yes, we feel safe. You know why? Because safety is in the head. Safety is, uh, is, is in the mind and the heart, sometimes much more than the physical safety of being there. We will do and we are resilient and we will do whatever we have to do and we will suffer what we have to suffer in order to, for our government to get rid of this evil. Um, and and, and I, said, think, I, I think you have no choice but to do that. I think any people anywhere that would have to suffer this kind of, of an attack and the the media here in America and a lot of people here in America have have revealed their anti-Semitism very clearly uh, in a way that we thought we thought that was over. We thought that was, we, we, you know, OK, the world has had these problems and we moved on. But it is so blatant now all over the world and in our country. I was just in Italy. I was in Italy last week and we were in um, in Florence and it was beautiful. We were there on the 5th. We were there on the 6th. And then the attack happened on the 7th. And we heard it throughout the day. And it kind of built about what was going on. And then the the horrors of that attack. This wasn't just, you know, the Hamas military attacking the IDF, the, the Israeli Defense Forces, because you have a a, a, a problem with each other. And, you're, and they're going to fight. And they're going to fight military to military. This was, as you said, and I think the world does need to hear this, what happened here. This is not military fighting military. This was a paramilitary arm that attacked innocent men, women, children, and elderly. How long would America put up with that happening to one of our southern cities? That women were raped. 200 people were killed at a concert. People were burned alive. This is absolutely horrific. This is evil walking across the world. There is no... There is no justification for any of that you know uh, you know i look at it in my head and i say the, the purpose of of terrorism they say one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter uh the americans the minutemen uh we had to throw off the british and we attacked the british military because that's all that was here they weren't but they attacked our civilians to teach us a lesson right so terrorism it, the purpose is is to move people and if they think that by killing innocent men, women, and children, that Israel's going to just back up and go, okay, we'll go away, you take over all the land and move on. That's never going to happen. All this does is bring misery on their own people. You know, instead of accepting the fact that these are the modern borders of the world, that the world has decided from 1947, Israel will exist and will have a homeland for the Jewish people, that's it. It's not going away. So find a way to get along and live together is the answer, because if not, all you do is bring misery to your own people. It's it's unbelievable that I see my own people in America protesting 
and pretending like what happened to you on October 7th didn't happen. That's like saying, gee, uh, you know, 9-11 happened and uh, Obama, Obama, whatever the hell his name was, uh, was, you know, doing the right thing because, you know, America deserved it. And we had some people that said that. So the world is is twisted morally uh, around these different things. There's room for arguments, just like you said. There's room for arguments. We want this. You want that. How do we work that out? But when when these kind of things happen and then we see the press turn itself inside out to try and prove that the other side was right, they didn't do anything wrong. It, it is it is mind boggling in a science, in a sense of justice in a world where how do we go forward from here? And and it's it's only going to get tougher. And I and I look at you and all the people of Israel and, and how you're living there and you're you're standing tall. And I know what we would do in America if they did that. Uh, they, they flew four planes into buildings. George Bush climbed on top of a pile of rubble and said, everybody's going to hear from us soon. And we had a 20-year war. A 20-year war. We lost thousands of, of service personnel, billions of dollars to try and stop that from happening again. And here we are right back where we started from again. And as, as we see this building, and I talk about it as a conflagration, as it's building, because this could be the turning point moment. Uh, this could be the turning point moment where, you know, how, how long do you expect the pot of water to boil before it boils over? And then you have to either take the pot of water off or turn off the flame. And that's, that's the only way to handle this, because if this involves... A, a bigger regional war there that's going to draw America in. And this could be an opportunity. And, and Dotan, as you let me bumble along here with my thought process, when I, I did a show the other day about this and I said, you know, what we have here is these periodic buildups to world chaos. We had a buildup to that in World War One, and it was a, co a calamity for the world. And then we moved from it. Then we had World War Two as another buildup. It didn't happen overnight. We saw evil rising, evil attacked, and we had to struggle to put it down. And we thought that would be it. Now we see the Chinese threatening the world. We see the North Koreans may have been involved in the attack with supplying weapons. We see these countries around the world saying that was a good thing Hamas did. How anybody could applaud the murder of innocent people is, is beyond anything I can imagine. But it's real. And I accept that it's there because evil is real. And this is evil. They want to fight with the IDF, go square off in the desert and have at it and see who wins. Killing innocent children is, is beyond the pale. And people who are over here or anywhere in the world jumping up and down screaming, it was the right thing. You really need to look into your heart and say, what if, what if they did that to you? What if that happened to you? These news media people going on and on about, well, you know, we have to consider, consider what? There's nothing to consider here. This is like 9-11. There was nothing to consider that they had a point of view and it was okay to blow up our buildings and kill innocent people. There's nothing to consider there. That's not how this is handled. And then to say, well, what should the response be? I heard a guy the other day say, they're all screaming, it should be proportional, proportional, proportional. Okay, so Hamas should pick a village, put on a concert, send the IDF over to kill the exact number of people at the concert, rape the exact number of women, kill the exact number of babies, and then everyone's even. That is so preposterously absurd to even consider such a thing. 
if my neighbor kept coming to my house and threatening my family and hurting my family, at some point, I got to go over there and put an end to it. Either he stops because he's afraid of what I'm going to do, or I do what I have to do to stop him from hurting my family. And that would go for anyone. I would even turn this around and say, if Israel was the aggressor nation, hurting the Palestinian people for no reason, doing this to them, they deserve to come over and punch you in the face. You shouldn't do it and the world should be against you. But that's not the case. This is pure no. evil. And I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm just evil. at a loss. And this that's is what it is. But I'll say this. We lost the battle that day. On the 7th, we lost the battle. But we sure as hell ain't going to lose the war. Uh, and this is a fight for our homes. Joseph, you have to understand, I have family members that on the 7th fought bravely in the streets against multitudes of, of terrorists. And, and we suffered many things. But let's remember, there were 1,500 terrorists found on our side of the fence that were killed by, by, by these people fighting in the streets. They fought bravely, and many lost their lives. Police officers, special units. This is Israel. People volunteered. People heard and ran out of their houses with weapons and drove for a few hours to the south of Israel to engage these terrorists. Um, and there are many stories of bravery of that day, which we will have time. I've told you we will mourn our dead and we will tell these stories of bravery once we are finished with this enemy once and for all. It's not the Palestinian people, it's Hamas. But they elected Hamas and they kept them there and they cheered our 200 and something captives who were brought back children that are now hidden underground. They cheered these Hamas terrorists when they came back into Gaza and threw sweets at them and sang songs. Now we have to show that this cannot happen. We are resilient. We love life. Israelis love life. That is the difference. We are, you know, we are a nation that loves life. This is why we are able to build what we've built here. Look at what we've built in the 75 years that we exist. I mean, look how much money being poured into Gaza. We left Gaza in 2005. They could have built it into their own Singapore Emirates. They could have made it a paradise. But the terrorist organization like Hamas doesn't let that happen. Even today, uh, your president, which has proven to be magnificent in our view, uh, supporting us, uh, has urged that we allow humanitarian uh, relief. And of course, that, it, that has happened. We've opened a, a, a place where uh, for humanitarian reasons, they can leave Gaza and, and flow into that area. But Hamas isn't letting them. They're stopping them on the roads, taking their car keys because they need them to stay in their houses and then say that they were killed by IDF. The yes. terrorism of Hamas is against the Palestinians themselves. Let's not forget what happened there, how they took the elections. And I'm not going to go into politics. So we'll go back to Israel. This is who we are. We will not give up. Listen, Joseph, I have employees that live in the south of Israel. We uh, uh, organized places where they could come to the center of Israel to continue work, to be with their families, you know, not the 20 seconds where they live or the 30 seconds, but the 90 second shelter. We don't leave. We, from the nation to the municipal, to the local patriotism, people will not leave their houses. I have these calls with my uh, team three times a day. We do it on video. 
We used to not have video, you know, when uh, so, but we do it on video because I need to look into the eyes. I need to see that each and every one of my my team members is okay because, you know, it's, it's, we're a 10 million people nation. If you think about six degrees of separation, now you start thinking about how many people each and every one of us knows that is kidnapped. I don't want to say kidnapped. They were taken hostage uh, into Gaza or killed or injured or fighting now in the South. Everyone knows. Everyone knows multiple people. Dotan, let, let me stop you right there for one minute only because of time constraints. We're going to take a break and we'll come back in a minute, everybody. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Out loud. With the rise of independent media, we are now America Out Loud. News. For the genius of the United States is not found in its executives or legislatures, nor its ambassadors, authors, colleges, or churches, nor even in its newspapers or inventors. The genius of the United States is we the people. AmericaOutloud.news, liberty and justice for all. All right, welcome back. A couple things that you bring up, Dotan, that I think is amazing. Um, this hostage taking. The world seems to have ignored the fact that there are people being brutalized American citizens as well that were taken, along with Israeli citizens, little children that are being brutalized right now in these tunnels or wherever they have them, if they haven't killed them already, if they're going to do whatever they're going to do to them. I, I can't imagine the horror of, of those poor little children. And we saw the videos. We saw them being dragged away on motorcycles and, and thrown into cars and old women. This is... This is something that historically, as we go down the road, have to be looked at one of the most horrific incidences of human interaction that has ever taken place. Now, the Nazis, we know what they did, and we know the horrific things that they did to people. And it's happening all over again. And the, the crazy part is that people are cheering it on. 
Now we see we see here in America big controversy today. Um, we see all these college campuses where these kids are coming out and they're supporting Hamas. They're not supporting the people uh, in the West Bank and in Gaza. They're supporting Hamas, saying it's the right thing to do what they did. And we're seeing businesses, major American companies coming out and a CEO, uh, this guy named Acker. I'm trying to can't think of the company he's with. It's a huge company. He came out and said, I want to know who all those kids are at these Ivy League schools that we normally hire from, because if they're they're doing that, we're not hiring them. We're, and people have lost scholarships. They've lost job opportunities because of this opinion. And now our cancel culture in America is jumping up and down going, that's not right. You can't not give them opportunities because they stood up for who, what they believe in. No, no, wait a minute. If somebody here says they like Donald Trump, you'll lose your job. They'll attack your house. They'll come after your family. That's perfectly okay. But in this case, people are saying, and anyone that supports the terrorism, not the people, the people that are not involved in this, that are just happen to be uh, Palestinian people living there that don't want to be involved in this. They're human beings. They just want to go on with their lives as well, as I'm sure. The hard part is to differentiate between the multitudes of those regular people cheering as they brought hostages back. This is the hard part to wrap your head around because you, you try and differentiate between innocent civilians there who are stuck with this government that this is happening, that they, they're they under the control of Hamas, but to come out and cheer and throw candy when little children are being dragged away from their families? What are people thinking? This is this is the, the progression that's been building all across the world in different ways for the last couple of years. We've all seen it. Here in America, there's all this conversation that, you know, with, with our elections and with the, you know, abortion, not abortion, protecting people, take away your rights, shut down free speech. There's all this building feeling that this is coming to some kind of a head. At some point here in America, we're going from traditional America to socialist America, and it's not going to be good. And we can see this fight finally coming. People, they're advertising. We know what's coming. Get your food supplies, buy your gun, because, you know, they're, they're making a almost a, a joke out of this feeling, but this feeling is worldwide. And I think this incident happening to Israel is, is really the latest symptom and proof of how this is moving forward, of how this next conflagration is happening. Because people around the world that we're afraid are going to jump into this battle, this is their opportunity, is going to lead to the bigger conflict. And then we're going to see bad actors we're going to see an opportunity and weakness to act in other places. And that's going to light the candle. And that's what I see coming. That's what I'm afraid of. And if we don't act together and act strong to stop this, it's going to go to something worse. And uh, I, I, I don't even know how, any other way to express that concern. But, um, you know, I thank you for, for coming in here to talk to us about it. You know, so Let's think about now, I, I, I know that there's everyone lost somebody there. How, how is everybody dealing with this hostage situation there? How are people who know that their family members have been dragged away? How are you dealing with that every single day? It's tough. It is very, very, very tough. But sometimes you see a family member on TV saying, 
at least I know they're alive. And they uh, and um, and we're um, and hoping the IDF will be able to get them back in one way or another. Now, a lot of these people have dual citizenships. As you said, they're Americans, British, French, and many other. I don't remember now the numbers and the statistics I got on this podcast. I didn't bring with me all the data that I could have uh, done before. This is a very, very complex and complicated situation. But people are resolved to see this through. Talking to a father whose wife and two children have disappeared is not an easy thing. But people are resolved to see this through as, as we won't break, we won't give up. We will support those that need the support and they will need the support. But we, as I said, we won't, we won't give up. This is, you know, you, you mentioned a few things in the United States. I don't go into other people's politics and, and thoughts and ideas. It's not my place, but I will say this. There is a point where you know something is evil. There is good and evil. There's a lot of gray maybe in the air, in the middle, but there's good and bad. This was evil. And people who do not understand that this is evil, something should be done about them as well. This, this should be examined. And I won't say who and where and why. It's not my place, each country. But you should know, and I say this to all my, my friends abroad, if there are people where you live that are saying this is good, then you should take care because this will happen to you. Hamas equals ISIS. So for all those that are now running in the streets and um, and demonstrating in the UK, we look at this and we say, you're next. We are fighting for ourselves, but we see ourselves fighting now as a beacon for democracy for all of us. Because if it doesn't stop here, it'll happen everywhere. Because this is where this is going. It started with ISIS, and now it's Hamas. And Hamas equals ISIS. They use the same tactics. They use the exact same methodology. And this is why they have to be exterminated. It has to be stopped once and for all and finished. If we have to pay a price, we'll pay a price. But we will bring it forth. Dealing with uh, the, the civilians is not easy. You, you have to balance. I have a 14-year-old son. How do you balance how much TV he watches? What does he see on social media? Who does he talk to? His teacher lost her son. He knows that. He likes his teacher. How do you, how do you, what's the word in English? How do you give them the information before they see it? You cannot stop people from seeing information in this day and age, especially a teenager, right? The more you say don't, they're going to do it. So how do you give them the information in a way that that they're protected, that they understand, that they are careful. That is something you have to deal with it in-house. You have to deal with it with your neighbors. You have to be, you know, it, it's in different layers, but we are a small country. And that disadvantage that I said that everyone knows someone is also an advantage. We help each other. We unite very, very quickly towards a common cause. And, and we help each other. The amount of, of donations and clothes that are being sent. It's, soldiers in the South are saying, stop sending us uh, uh, cookies and, 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 you know, we're getting fat. And, and thousands of letters from children. Uh, uh, there, there is, the whole country is mobilized uh, 
it's unbelievable. If you would have asked me on the 6th of October, we were very, very tense here with our internal politics. On the 7th, in the evening, when we understood, if they thought they could use this, those that are using those terrorist organizations, those countries that are, are not going to go into politics here again, but we know who they are, and they are common enemies. They thought that we would be weak and we would break, but in fact, they did the exact opposite. We are stronger than ever. We are united more than ever. We stand for each other. We help each other. People cook all day for soldiers. People volunteer. There's no school, so my son volunteers. He drives pizzas to all kinds of places, so uh, you know people that are packing will get it. I'm not sure that all the pizzas get there every day, but... Uh, Everyone chips in, everyone, everyone, Joseph. And that is something that is beautiful, that shows that internal strength that we have within that, that allows us to, to move forward. And that is what those that are on the side of good have. Those on the side of evil don't have that. And that is why we will defeat them. Well, I have I'm no sorry, doubt. I'm being a little sentimental no, no, here. I, but, I appreciate uh, it, and I appreciate the passion. You're living through this. You are... For all intents and purposes, the canary in the coal mine, as goes Israel, is going to go the rest of the world. Exactly. It exactly. is happening. It's a buildup. And this is what I'm saying. I've seen this coming. And we may now be at the precipice of that actually happening, as opposed to just thinking someday it might. It, it could be you know, the beginning of that. There may be people in certain countries that are demonstrating and saying, OK, you know, there always be. And there's a lot of anti-Semitism that always arises in those events. But a lot of governments are on our side. They understand this time. This is different. This is different. And I will tell you, Americans, uh, a sentiment from your brothers here in Israel, when, and I'm not going into your politics, but when your president stood up and the way that he said what he said, he, he had a nation of 10 million people fall in love with you, even those that may like or not like. Or We felt as if we had a big brother on our side. A big brother, not in the uh, Orwellian fashion, but as a, you know, a family yeah. member. We feel we are strong enough. We know how to deal with it. But sometimes, Joseph, and I felt this myself when a partner or a friend or even one of my clients sent me an email and said, hey, Dotan, how are you? It made me feel that I'm not alone. And sometimes that's good that someone reaches out once or twice a week and says, hey, is everything okay? Is your family okay? And yes, that feeling that there are people out there that are looking out for us, that are worried for us, that are on our side, that is important as we go into this war that, that is not going to be easy. No, this is no. not going to be easy. There will be lives lost. There will be things will happen, but we cannot stop. This has to end. This has to end this time. This cannot continue. And that, that's something I, I have to say that I, over the years, I, and it got it got more intense once I got to know you and, and your team and actually talking every day on a Zoom call or, or a text message or a phone call or something to, to Israel. And it's saying, oh, yeah, we're hang on. We got to go. There's missiles coming in. I'm saying, how does how do we allow that to continue to be a part of everyday life? And and that's my my analogy of Texas. If this was happening in Texas once, okay, we might deal with it a certain way. But if it happened every couple of weeks, we'd have to go in and clean that out. We couldn't allow that. And just for your for your benefit, having just traveled, uh, like I said, to Israel, we flew to Brussels, from Brussels to Florence, from Florence down to uh, 
Sorrento, from Sorrento to Rome, and we spent a lot of time, and then we flew home. We met people from all over the world, all over the world, from uh, every continent, every place. And, you know, you're sitting in a queue somewhere, you're waiting to go on a tour, or you're going to see Pompeii, and you're going to, you know, and this conversation came up. And I got to tell you, um, everyone from everywhere in the world, whether they are pro-Israel or not pro-Israel, what they saw here was that this is wrong. This, this is, is wrong. bad. This is wrong. This is, this is um, evil. No matter what you think, you know, and you bring up uh, President Biden. There's a lot of people that, you know, were anti-Biden. They, they don't like him. They just He did a good thing. And when he he stood up and he spoke for all of us and he did it as best as he could possibly do it. Now, I heard people talk about, well, the speech was excellent, the content, but his delivery. Well, you know what? He's an old man and he's feeble, but the words meant something. And it means something to me. I'm not necessarily a big fan. And he did the right thing. And I give him credit for that. Joseph, he touched a nation here. That's important for our American brothers to understand. Yes. I'm not going into politics. I don't care. He mm -hmm. touched a nation at a time when we needed it the most. And that's sometimes what family does. Um, and that's very critical. When when my partners ask me, when you send me an email, hey, Dutan, how are you and the family? In the team call, I read my team those emails, just so you know. This Iliana from Italy and that one from the Philippines and from Singapore, they are checking out on you because just so you understand, I have an app on my phone. And when there are alarms, I look at them and I know which one of my team members has to go down to a shelter now. So I know they have the seconds. I know they're going to be there for 10 minutes. So I can't talk to them. So you have to wait patiently till they can, you know, get their head above the water and say, we're okay. And every, a few times a day, it's not just for myself. I have family members, team members. We have in the family, because we're, you know, everyone is in different place. We take pictures from the places we are and we put them on our WhatsApp group. So we, I have hundreds of photos of my family members in the shelter, taking pictures from this shelter or that shelter or me lying in the street. So everyone knows that we're safe. It's like a network. Everyone takes care of each other from yeah. the family to the neighborhood, to the city, to the nation. And now we also know that we have, you know, outside of the nation, we have that that family yeah. and that network. And, and you do. That's and that's, that's my point of, of all these different people. And I'm talking about people from everywhere, places. I was surprised uh, that they were so um, pro-Israel in this thing. I was like, when you start talking to them, you said, oh boy, here we go. And no, they, they were good. Interesting though, like I said, we got there the 5th to Italy. We're there the 6th, the 7th. You had your thing. By the 8th, I have never seen so much uh, police or military uh, presence out everywhere because there were demonstrations in Rome. There was all kinds of things going on. Um, we were supposed to go on a particular tour uh, to some religious facilities. And basically the tour contacted us the night before and say, listen, because of potential threats to the area, we're canceling the tour. Sorry about that, but we, you know, we're not going to send our people into that. And uh, my wife and I, we had to make a decision. You know, um, we're here to see these things. We see all the military around. We see the. I'm very comfortable when I see military people standing around with machine guns. I feel very good about that. Uh, exactly. I know some it's people don't. They get, oh my god, a gun! I say no, that's a good guy with a gun, and that's what you want. Uh, and I saw them everywhere. So from local police, state police, federal police, and the military. They were everywhere, and we decided we're going to go. We're going to go, and we'll take a cab now instead of going with the tour. We'll cab around, and we're going to go see these facilities. 
they're not going to stop us from having our, our, our situation. I'll just be aware. I'll be aware. I, you know, these things, I've seen enough of them build up that if you're, uh, you have situational awareness, like anything else, um, you might see something starting to happen. And that's when you take action and move, you know, you do what you have to do. So we decided to do that. Uh, but it was just interesting to see. And then in the airport, when we were leaving, there were, uh, you know, there was usually the the, uh, the police, you know, uniformed police officers standing here. And there were they were all over the terminal. They were all outside. There was uh, uh, it was a big presence. And talking to a couple of these officers, uh, as I do, you know, because I, I like to talk to the cops uh, as a cop. And I said, how is it? And they said, uh, we're, we're under threat. There's no specific they're going to attack the Pompeii or whatever. But everywhere is under threat. Um just pay attention to what you're doing and listen to instructions if you hear anything. And that's that's really all you can do. Otherwise, we give into this. So um, I think we learned one thing in Israel. Um, you know, there have been a lot of demonstrations politically in the last uh, year, and the police were always finding themselves in the middle of the two sides of the demonstrations. Our police force lost so many people this on that weekend. But the bravery of our law enforcement will be told for many, many years. People ran out of their houses in their communities with just a pistol and a magazine or two and confronted 10, 15 terrorists. The number of terrorists each police officer killed, many of them before they themselves fell down because they were just outnumbered, is there will be stories of bravery to be told for many, many years. Yes. Um, and you're absolutely right, because on my social media feeds, I've been getting um, there's a particular person there in Israel who is sending out video clips and stories of the individuals who were killed. Uh, and every every third one is a law enforcement officer or a military um, or somebody who had military experience, young women who ran out and took out 15 terrorists uh, doing the right thing. And, and I say to my brothers and sisters here in America, you know, why do you think you need your second amendment? Why do you think you need to be, uh, to be armed? Uh, it's not uh, necessarily because you're going to fight your government. It's because you're going to protect yourself when something happens. I mean, as retired law enforcement, I'm allowed to carry a gun and I carry it with me everywhere. Not because I'm looking for trouble, but if anything happens, I want to be able to protect myself and my family as best as I can. And seeing those heroes, the hero law enforcement personnel and military people that were there in the neighborhoods that were attacked and just reading their quick little story, uh, you know, young female officer grabbed her gun and ran outside. A mother grabbed the two handguns and went outside and was doing what she could to protect her family, took out three terrorists before they got her. You know, um, there are things worth dying for. Uh, protecting your family is one of them and, and of protecting them. your country. And, and that's what you do. And I, I think that's what hopefully we're all going to catch up on uh, as the next bunch of days, you're right, are going to be hard because you are kept to a standard that no one else is kept to. The people of Israel, the military of Israel is, is up to a standard. We can have terrorists come in and mow down, kill, rape and murder babies. Uh, but God forbid fighting back against the terrorist uh, errant round hits a civilian that'll be the whole thing that it's all about and that's a horrible thing anytime anybody gets injured or killed in one of these things is bad but you know, you're held to a standard that no one else is held to and, and i can give you a fantastic example in the rockets that have been fired since the seventh one of the hospitals in the south of israel in the city of ashkelon has been hit twice by rockets 
Two days ago, there was an explosion in a hospital in Gaza. Immediately, the Hamas said it was us. We had bombarded it. The media picked that up. Boom, Israel is to blame. Israel is to blame. We responded. It took us two hours, our IDF, because they investigated it. And they showed the video where this was a rocket that was fired by the Islamic Jihad, which had misfired and landed in the hospital. Now... Right retracting the message, you know, it's very easy for everyone to say, first of all, yes, it's Israel. And then when they learn that it's something else, it's already old news. Yes. No one talks about the hospital in Israel that was bombarded, but they were right. quick to say, quick to believe the Hamas that it's Israel bombarding that hospital. Right. And, and I find that amazing. All, the, it's the amazing. Media, the media just seems to be sitting around waiting for something that they can say, well, look what Israel did, because they're, they, they're trying to have this moral equivalency. Now, you know, it's sometimes interesting, Dotan, there are people that listen to American shows, uh, especially if they're more conservative uh, type of show uh, like mine or others uh, on the network. And they sit in their basement in their underwear and they take notes and they try and twist out of context things that you say, uh, you know, look what you're saying. So I have to always be unequivocal and be crystal clear that the loss of any life is bad. People should live in peace and harmony with each other. We should be able to argue about things, but people should be safe and secure to raise their families, live as they want, worship as they want, do what they want without killing each other. When you step over that line, you have caused that problem, right? You you attack my family and I come and get you. That's not, I'm not the bad guy, you know? And that's what we see here. So I think the last thing, we only have a couple minutes left, and I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming on in the middle of all of this to, to talk to, to all of us here in America and, and give us your insights. But the concept that that I see, um, and, and you and I touched on it a little bit, is, is the concept of good and evil. Now, there is justifiable war. There is justifiable war. Even, uh, you know, I'm a Catholic, and the Catholic faith even says there's justifiable war. Uh, you know, uh, if you're being attacked, you're, you're allowed to protect yourself. But I think the the concept here that is in our modern world that we are losing, because we see all across the world, religious participation is going down, going down, going down, going down. As people get, you know, get, get, get smarter, they realize, you know, there's, there's no, uh, you know, old, old white guy with a beard in the sky controlling things. You know, this is all uh, fairy tales that you're believing. And I'm not that. I'm I'm a man of faith. I have seen faith in my life. I have seen the hand of God in my life. Um, didn't come down to my living room and have a cocktail with me, but I've seen it play out in other ways, and I know it's there. The concept I think that's missing here, because of this loss of understanding of religious principles, uh, is is the fact that evil is real, and evil takes any opportunity. You know, people always think they see this The Exorcist movie. Oh, it's going to be a devil with its head spinning around, puking. No, it comes to you as a friend and it tells you it's the right thing and this is good. And it leads you into things thinking that what happened to Israel was okay. That's not okay. That's evil. And I understand people have other political thoughts that they want to try and do and stand up for people. But we've said it a hundred times. What happened on 9-11 was evil. What happened to you on October 7th was evil. There's no other way around it. And, and for, for those of faith, we get it. For those people out there who do not have faith, instead of saying evil, maybe you say right and wrong. 
good and bad. Uh, whatever terms that, that you can ratchet your head around to think about killing innocent women and children and old people and babies and what the atrocities that happened to them. There is no justification for that. That is evil. That is bad. That is not good. Right? We can all have arguments. Exactly. And is it justifiable to respond to that? It is. And I think, you know, in the coming days, maybe maybe this, you know, I know after 9-11, the church is filled up. Just like in Israel uh, after the 7th, here on 9-12, on people that were at each other's throats politically all stood strong as one nation. And we, we, we see that on our social media all the time. Don't you wish the world could be 9-12 again where we all got along because we had a common goal? Um, and, and I think I see that maybe, maybe because people think, well, this is coming to an end. We're going to get everybody to cease fire now and stop. And and, and that's not going to happen. Uh, it's it's going to get worse in the coming days and it's going to be tough and it could lead to a bigger conflagration. It could be the beginning and not the end. And the whole world needs help. The whole world needs to take a deep breath and realize what we're about to step into. I mean, we didn't know in World War II when we saw the things starting to happen. Appease, appease, give in, back up. If they just, Evil doesn't look at weakness as, well, then maybe I'll be good. Well, you know what? They don't want to fight with me. We want to work it out. Maybe I'll work. No, evil sees weakness as an opportunity to forge ahead. And it emboldens evil and it makes it even worse, right? So what we're all about to see and do could make a difference to all of our futures, our grandchildren, our children, uh, and our nations as we go forward. And I, I can't tell you, uh, I'm hoping, I'm hoping for the best. I'm hoping that humanity rises above uh, like on October 8th and, uh, and September 12th. I hope that there's that moment when we all can take a deep breath here and say, you know what, like, don't like, agree, not agree. Let's not do this because the impact is going to be worse than anyone could imagine. Give me your closing word. I got 15 seconds for you. Oh, man. Ah, what would I say? I just want to say thank you. I just want to say thank you to everyone. We will take it to the end. And we want to thank all our friends and brothers out there. Thank you, Dotan. And uh, like I said, we pray for the whole world. You know, nobody wants this. Everybody wants you to be safe. No one should have to live under the conditions that you have to live under, being bombed and your families being worried about. Um, it, it has to stop. We can't allow terrorism to run rampant anywhere on the planet. So I want to thank you all for, for listening to my friend uh, Dotan Saji here from Tel Aviv. Uh, we will try and get him back on if I can, you know, bug him up again next week or something, maybe get some updates from our friends. So thank you everybody for listening. And remember, be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem.